Hey everyone, and welcome to another Hyperspace Broadcast Minisode, an episode where instead of discussing something that aired on Toonami, we discuss something Toonami-adjacent. Uh, this week we're just going to be each basically bringing a show that we have watched or been watching uh, to talk about a little bit and kind of do a recommendations episode instead of sitting down to watch a bunch of stuff like we normally do. Um, it's show and tell week here at HB Pod. Yeah, sure. Not so much showing, to be honest, because we are <laughs> talking to you in an audio medium. <laughs> uh, but tell and tell. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> close enough. Uh, so I'm Michael Doak, by the way. And I'm Peter Eby, by the way. Yeah, and uh, I guess I'll just get right into it. What I'm bringing today is uh, The Great Pretender, or Great Pretender. It's a show that's currently Ooh. available on Netflix. Yeah, I've seen uh, that one on Netflix. I haven't seen it, seen it, but I've I've scrolled past it. It looks interesting, though. Yeah, so I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Um, I guess I actually haven't watched it in a little while, but I figured that it was a good thing to recommend because it is anime, and um, I don't know, I guess I haven't been watching much else lately <laughs> other than what we've been watching for the podcast. So, yeah, yeah. Great Pretender was written by Ryoto Kosawa and uh, premiered on Fuji TV's Plus Ultra anime block on July 8th in 2020. Uh, the basic premise is that a Japanese con man who claims to be the best Japanese con man to have ever lived named Makoto Edamura attempts to con a French con man named Laurent, who then pulls him into this kind of crazy scheme to con a movie producer in Los Angeles, uh, who is also the head of an organized crime family. Okay. And... Whoa. Like, the thing that I really enjoy about this show, honestly, just right off the bat, is that it's formatted very interestingly. Like, there are 14 episodes in the season, but technically the season is broken into three discrete arcs. Uh, the first being oh. the Los Angeles connection, the second being completely unrelated, and the third being completely unrelated to the previous two. Uh, but they all star a consistent cast of characters, and uh. there is obviously development over the course of the whole season. So, so would you say it's like a comedy show, like, or, or what kind of uh, mood are they going for? Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's a comedy with some dramatic elements. I'd sure, say, yeah. Like, that's, I mean, it's the best. That's a, that's, you know, that it sounds like the premise just sounds like. The kind of, like a cocky person just getting into fucking hot water by being an idiot. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean that's basically what it is. Like, yeah, I love that. And... <laughs> that's that's right up my right. alley. <laughs> so, so that's a lot of fun. And then also just the like making it into three discrete things is so awesome and such an interesting thing that I would. I'm curious if we'll see more of from Netflix in the future because, like. You know, for for a show that is on like a, a streaming service, and for the record, show uh, episodes from the Los Angeles Connection actually premiered on Netflix before Fuji TV's July eighth airing. So, wow. uh, so I'm just going to say that it's what? kind <laughs> of a streaming show, basically. Yeah, right. Um, I, I'm I'm actually yeah, because I was going to say I'm pretty surprised by that quick of a turnaround just july 2020 wow like it's already in english yeah right right i'm I'm sure i'm pretty sure it was produced for streaming first and it was also on this other thing which is like technically the air date because the netflix thing was a yeah. preview and then the rest of the netflix stuff came out afterwards but at any rate are you are you watching it dubbed or subbed 
Uh, I'm watching it dubbed, and one of the interesting things about it is that the first episode, the first, like, 10 minutes or so, are actually done in a, like... I guess not hybrid necessarily, but there is Japanese being spoken because the show is taking place in Japan. Uh, and then the main character is also speaking English frequently because he's interacting with tourists, but he's a native Japanese speaker. Uh-huh. And then the other guy is a native French speaker who similarly speaks in English sometimes, Japanese other times. Uh, but eventually, basically, once they land in Los Angeles... Uh, the show just kind of throws up a title card that's like, from here on, this is going to be translated into, you <laughs> know, the language of the people who are viewing it. So presumably from there yeah. on in the subtitled version, it's all in Japanese. Uh, and from there in the English version, it's all in English. I feel does like it, does it f- does it flow well? The uh, when when they are switching between languages, does it seem it seem like it worked? Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. I was kind of hoping the whole show was going to be like that, to be honest. Yeah. But um, it makes sense to have made it like, yeah, all right, yeah. now we're just doing the one language because, and to be fair, like part of the reason that I stuck with the dub after that point is because they're in Los Angeles and everyone is speaking English. Like, yeah, yeah. Technically, in universe, everyone's speaking English now. So it, it made sense to me. But I yeah, was kind of hoping sense. that it would be the like, kind of weird or not weird necessarily but kind of hodgepodge of different languages being spoken uh or at least english being spoken by non-native english speakers at any rate it's it's a fun show and it it feels kind of oceans 11 e like just Uh because the whole premise is that they're con men and they're conning kind of bad people out of their money um i think there's a little more edge to it i will say there is one caveat that i have which is that one of the primary cast members is like casually racist against Japanese people and <laughs> it's a little awkward. Yeah, it's it's the um the Aura Battler Dunbine effect. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not nearly as bad as Aura Battler, yeah, that Battler was Dunbine, bad. to be fair. <laughs> no, She's not exactly throwing around racial slurs, but you know, yeah, it's yeah. like the oh, they all look the same to me, like that kind of mm, casual yeah. stuff. And that's a little uncomfortable. Um to be fair, it kind of makes sense for the character because they're kind of an asshole and they are just rude in general. And at, at least it but, was made in Japan, you know, like <laughs> it, this isn't like an American production that's just throwing out racist shit like that. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I'm not sure that necessarily makes it better. But the point is, like, that is a caveat that does turn up more, especially in the first arc. After that, it's there isn't really much of that at all, mostly because the mm. character who is saying that stuff you get to learn more about her and sort of she softens significantly um from the first arc but one of the other things about this whole arc based storytelling is that each arc sort of ties in with one of the primary cast members so the first arc is very much about uh makoto but the second arc is about a different character and it's sort of tying in some traumatic event from their past with whatever the current job is. Like there's some relation between those two things. I think that there is a hint at the very end of the season that this might actually be intentional from the one of the people who's planning all of these things, um, which is mm. interesting if true. But 
it's it's just another nice touch. It's like a nice way to again have these discrete storylines that sort of give you character backstory uh and it can feel very thematically relevant in a way yeah. that I like yeah. a lot. Another thing that I really like about it is that um it just looks really really nice. The backgrounds in particular often look like they're from postcards. And, you know, a lot of the time these characters are spending like time in extremely beautiful places. I mean, Los Angeles is not all beautiful, but it certainly has beautiful parts. And uh, the the other two segments take place in equally sort of beautiful, sunny, sun drenched locations. Yeah. Uh, And there's just a really good use of color. Like I was watching it with a friend of ours um, and he pointed out that a lot of the backgrounds look like something from a vaporwave video just because of the color (laughs) palette being used. Wow. Is it like lots of neons or something? Yeah, right. It's like a lot of like sunsets and like purples and like that kind of stuff. That's neat. And it also just has a style that I've never really seen before with anime backgrounds that looks really interesting. I don't know. There's something painterly about it instead of being quite so literal uh, that I appreciate quite a bit. The music's also great. It's like pretty much entirely a jazz score, which... You know, you love that. Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. uh, (laughs) Might I add, you would very much like Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I I know. I've been told that by like a million people. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, I don't want to overhype it, but it's great. Yeah, sure. uh, We'll we'll, we'll get to that eventually when we have our weird post podcast where we move on to Adult Swim. That's that's my theory. (laughs) I mean, we will do a mini sode on that at some point, obviously. For sure. We just need to. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a good one for. Yeah, for something like Outlaw Star, which is like kind of adjacent in in like plot premise but completely different and yeah right right yeah but anyway like the it, it looks beautiful the soundtrack is great um the writing i really enjoy i've started mm-hmm. to you may notice if you've listened to past episodes i'm starting to get a little frustrated with the like constant uh twists of yu yu haka show and hunter x hunter that are often motivated by characters not giving each other good information often for no reason yes i call it the no it's nothing problem which is like (laughs) yeah no i don't even think you need to explain that honestly this is where where characters like i'm concerned about something but i'm gonna keep it private and the other person's like are you okay and they're like no it's nothing and then it's absolutely something it's a huge thing that if you told someone about it would solve every problem but instead you tell no one and the plot happens i guess (laughs) <laughs> right. I mean, in fairness, yeah. I don't think Yu Yu Hakusho or Hunter x Hunter are quite falling under that particular trap. It's more that just, you know, it's never something especially crucial. It's all just like, oh, it's all a test or it's all some kind of, oh, okay. you know, secret test of characters. So we're not giving you complete information. Anyway, I'm, I'm starting yeah. to get a little tired of that. What's great about Great Pretender is... Um, the characters lying to each other and twists happening because of that makes total oh, perfect thematic sense because they're yeah. all con men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And that's con great. women, in fairness. So, you know, there's a lot of twists and all of them feel very like, oh, I see. Like, that makes sense to me now. Uh, It's just, like, very well structured and a very fun yeah. show. I don't know. I find it quite funny. Again, there is a caveat Um, but I've liked it quite a bit and what's nice about it is you only really need to watch five episodes and you'll have an entire 
arc of the show down. Like you yeah. really, it's not even the kind of thing where it's like, watch the first season. You can literally watch five episodes. And based on that case, as they call them, you can kind of know what you're getting yourself into. That's cool. That that's that's that would be very convenient for more shows in our podcast when we're doing like grab bags or something. Certainly. Yeah. Oh, well, here's I, exactly how long this arc is. Let's just jump in and watch that. <laughs> yeah, right. And and the thing is too about that specific structure is like Netflix shows a lot of the time they tend to drag mid-season a little bit. And it's partly because they're designed for binging. Everything's like, all right, we got to make it so yeah. that the end of the episode really, really sets you up to want to watch the next one. And the the great thing about Great Pretender is just by separating it out like this, like it's much easier to convince yourself, all right, I'm going to sit down and watch five episodes of the show rather than I'm going to sit down and watch 14. And then when you've yeah. watched those five you're done with that story and you can like assume, go watch something else. I assume it also makes it kind of more of a natural feeling build in like the plot instead of like, Oh, we have to have a cliffhanger crazy twist at the end of every episode to make you hooked. Like maybe they just keep it a little more. Mm, no, uh, I would say calm. there's, I would say there's still a crazy cliffhanger at the end of every episode, but like, okay. It just makes it feel a little less staccato, I think, to have them mm -hmm. be discrete chunks like that. It also allows them to do like big time skips uh, between Ooh, cases, fun. which is nice. Like, yeah, I love it, I love it, a time skip. Yeah, right. It allows a lot of freedom that I really like, and I'd be curious to see other shows do a similar thing uh, in the future. But that's enough about Great Pretender. Uh, it's on Netflix. Check out the first case if it sounds interesting. What What do you have for us, Peter? Well, my show is also on Netflix, and it's a show and franchise I've loved dearly and never shared with anyone except my girlfriend. <laughs> um, oh, God. It's, oh, relax. It's, no, I'm just, so, I think I might know what it is, and if it is, I'm going to laugh pretty hard. Tell me what it is. What do you think? Is it Beyblades? You've been talking about no! Beyblades a lot. Jesus Christ! <laughs> What the fuck, dude? I mean, that's not that crazy. You've been talking about it a lot recently. Uh, okay, I have been watching a little Beyblades Burst Turbo because it's hilarious because the characters have huge hair, but that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, it's also on Netflix. But this is a serious show that I like very much, and I think I once drunkenly tried to convince you to watch. Um, Sounds about right. This show uh, is called Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works. This oh, is a dumb yeah. name. Um, but it's a very good show based off of a visual novel from 2004. Uh, I played the original visual novel, loved it. It's all voiced and stuff. It's, it's just fantastic. Hmm. And it's this whole world and universe created by Kinoko Nasu, um, <laughs> referred to by fans as the Nasuverse. Basically, <laughs> it's hard to like start on this, but like uh, the world thing, the kind of premise of the world is like, it's modern times. But magic exists, but it's mm -hmm. kept a secret, and it's kind of like it's almost, it, it, almost a little like Harry Potter, I guess. But instead, it's a bit more adult and not made by an asshole. And like, <laughs> yeah, sure, that helps. The, that and we it's know like, of so far, right? And um, it, it's more serious, where it's like, oh, well, how could magic possibly exist in a modern world? Oh, that's because if you do magic outside of like in public or anything like that people will hunt you down and kill you and then erase the memories of anyone who saw it because that's the kind of that's how this world must work okay and it's a really cool like universe and this this uh this show 
takes place in Japan, stars this this kid named uh, Emiyashiro, and he is like a high school student, and he is like unwillingly drawn into this like war of of uh, other magi, and it's a secret tournament called the Holy Grail War, in which basically seven people join in, seven magic users. They summon servants. Um, these servants are historical figures or even fictional figures. They're called heroic spirits, and they're like okay. anything that has gained anyone that has gained some kind of heroism. So they summon these people. These people like work for them and fight for them, and they have like a command seal on their hands, which is like a um, these servants do or the uh, masters do. Basically, they can like order them to do like three different absolute commands with that kind of uh, seal. And what happens is he gets like drawn into this, accidentally summons the servant, and it's their identities are kept secret because if you know their identity, then you can read historically about them and find what their weakness is. Okay. Um, if say you had Achilles or something, and right, so yeah. it kind of becomes this like meta game of figuring out like who each person is, and they're all like hmm. interesting figures. Anyway, this franchise. Ex- blew up extremely is huge in japan has a very big like mobile game i am a bit of a stickler when it comes to being a fan of this franchise because i think there is the visual novel is very good i think this exact anime adaptation and the anime adaptation of the prequel fate zero is excellent Mm -hmm. and i think everything else is pretty bad because a lot of it has blown up like the mobile game has blown up to the point where it's fallen into the ugly trend (laughs) that i refer to as thing but it's a cute anime girl. <laughs> yeah, so sure. So if you get, like, it's... It, like, it's well, a Gundam, a, but it's a cute anime girl. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Or, like, here, collect them all. They're warships, but they're cute anime girls, which is a right. huge franchise in Japan. And this is, like, historical figure, but actually it's a cute anime girl because <laughs> sure. one, of the histor- yeah. one of the historical figures is... Um, basically, the idea is, like, their gender is not... They're not actually male. They're, it turns out they were a female. I'm not going to spoil who it is, but, like... Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's cool in the show that they do that. Like, it's interesting. It's like, oh, they're secretly hiding their gender because of, you know, such and such political reasons. Right. Um, and it's an unexpected twist, but they do it, like, a lot in the <laughs> mobile game. And it's just, like, pretty much just, like, the same, like, collect all the cool JPEGs of hot anime girls <laughs> with mm-hmm. your money. That whole premise aside, this show is just one of the most beautiful anime I've ever seen. This they the way they merge like CG into anime is perfect. It hmm. I've never seen a show that does it so perfectly. And like just the fight scenes and the direction are just incredible. The music, the composer uh Yuki Kajira is one of my favorite composers ever and the music is just like so perfect. Apparently she and the other composer uh <laughs> they did 400 different compositions for this show. Most anime that last 24 episodes do like 40 to 50. Yeah, right. They did fucking right. 400 so they can like perfectly match like every scene with Yeah, music. that's basically scoring a movie except doing it for a TV show, which is obviously yeah. pretty unusual. It, it's wild and it's like really good. Um, the character development I, I think is fantastic and there's like a love story that just makes sense and works and, you know... Uh, it, it, I I could I've been like waiting to gush about this show for a long time, mm-hmm. but never <laughs> never really got the chance. 
But the stuff they do with it is just incredible. The prequel, so I, I've been rewatching it recently because it originally came out in 20, uh, 2014. Okay. Um, this anime adaptation. And unfortunately, <laughs> there's been like, there's an anime adaptation that came out in like 2008 that was like weird and combined all three arcs of the show and like didn't quite work. And then there was like a movie of this one that came out, which is confusing because I think that's also on Netflix. This one. It's produced by Ufotable or Ufotable. I don't know how to say that, but oh my god! Like everything they make seems to be gold to me. Like it's just like, just like such high quality. What else have they made? Out of curiosity, if you just have it with you, um, if not, you can just ignore me. Let me let me pull it up. I know they made so they've made like other adaptations of Kinoku Nasu works. They okay. did uh Garden of the Sinners, which I don't think has really come out in the US anywhere. It's Coyote Ragtime Show I've heard of. I've never seen it, but uh I've heard it's pretty good and they've done that. Um they did Fate Zero, uh which is the prequel. Fate Zero by right. the way. Ooh, that's a good one. That's um Gen Urobochi writing that and it is <laughs> okay that's prob- that's I'd probably I, like it <laughs> that's the one i drunkenly rambled to you about that show is fucking dark and crazy and incredibly good and like the the way this the show like follows these characters morality in a believable way and like how they like stick to these moral codes and it's kind of this lasting arc from fate zero which is about the main character's father mm-hmm. uh adoptive father into fate stay night it's just a really cool show because like the fights are really amazing they all have unique weapons and stuff and like Mm -hmm. cool techniques that you don't expect it's the kind of like thing i love from a video game and it's almost it's a little video gamey in its premise but so couched in real world and in like classroom drama like there's like a couple of the other masters are just other students in their school and that just kind of plays in and makes everything a little more complex and then it kind of blows up to be bigger than that and crazier than that honestly it's it's a show that i've I've just like always really loved Uh, lauren and i have always been into the franchise um we in a way met because of it (laughs) okay Uh, sure i can see why um, you'd be rewatching it then to some extent yeah well and also it's just like something we both like it's a really good show Hmm. and a great adaptation of it all right well i i unless you have anything else like very pressing to say about it i think that seems like a good recommendation yeah for sure Cool. Well, we're going to be getting back to you, Hakusho, next week. That is going to be the Dirk Tournament Round 3, the semifinals. And I'm, you know, looking forward to seeing what happens. Uh, Will Yusuke be able to use uh, Genkai's ultimate technique? I kind of assume so, based on some episode (laughs) titles that I've seen and accidentally spoiled myself but we won't do that here uh instead we'll just say that until next week i'm michael doak and i'm peter eb and be sure to revisit us next week for the dark tournament semifinals. <laughs>